Goodbye summer and hello fall. Jesse Browns is preparing for the new season with the newest arrivals in store and online at jessebrowns.com. Check out some of the famed outdoor clothing, footwear, and fly fishing at Jesse Browns, including mountain khakis, duckhead, blundstone, on cloud running, and sage, nautilus, and sims. All are ready for you and your visit to Jesse Browns and jessebrowns.com. For many, getting outdoors means slowing down. However, going slow never was in the cards for Tom Blocker. After graduating from NC State in the early 1970s with a degree in economics, he continued adding to his resume by getting into racing, motorcycles, cars, and then a career in the automotive industry. Hi, everyone. Bill Barty, host of the Carolina Outdoors, and Tom Blocker can be heard each week on BT with BT when he speaks with Bo Thompson about cars in the automotive industry. But we're going to shift the angle just a little bit. We're going to learn about the genesis of Tom Blocker and going fast. He joins us now on the Carolina Outdoors. Tom Blocker, welcome. Well, thank you, Bill. It's good to be with you. Man, it is great to have you, and we're really excited because you're making an appearance over at Jesse Brown's at Storytellers Night on Thursday, September 21st. And many of our listeners, as I mentioned, are already familiar with you, and they're very familiar with your knowledge uh, about cars, automobiles, e-cars, all those topics of transportation that bump up here on WBT. But We wanted to delve in a little bit into your passion in that industry. And with that being said, can you tell us when you first decided that you liked going fast? Well, I I had an interest in motorcycles back in high school and uh, wasn't able to get one until my senior year. I I, I saved the money up, you know, working part-time jobs. My parents just said, no, you you got to mature a little more. And, uh, <laughs> just before graduation, I was able to buy my first bike. And not long after that, uh, I, I started racing, you know, start doing some off-road racing, scrambles and flat track and cross-country racing. You kind of did whatever was available, you know, back then. But I had several buddies that I rode with, and we all thought we were pretty fast. So we, you know, started racing. And uh, uh, it just uh, it's just something I became my sport you know and uh, i've been riding dirt bikes uh ever since uh still have one today and still enjoy riding in the woods but uh did a lot of did a lot of competition uh particularly uh cross-country racing through the woods and and then later motocross got to be really big in the 70s and 80s and uh, uh thoroughly enjoyed that right. always had an interest in cars but uh, you know, I spent all my money on the motorcycles while I was in college, so uh, <laughs> I was always driving an old beater around, you know, for a car, and uh, had a always had a good competitive bike. It's funny you said you said about uh, you, you were a senior in high school uh, because of your parents, and that was going to be my second question: is how did your parents safely corral you uh, in regards to safety? And it sounds like. They let you do it, and it just took you till you get got to that point to do it yourself uh, after saving your money. Uh, yeah, I think I think they felt like you know I I had reasonable judgment, and uh, I didn't go out and crash my brains out or anything, you know, right off the bat. So uh, they uh, they they put up with it, and uh, actually came to a few races uh, when I started racing. So uh, 
uh, yeah, they they ended up being supportive of of the sport. And Tom, it, what, it what was me, your it kept me out of other trouble? I guess you know. <laughs> Just to paint the picture for all our listeners out there, what town did you grow up in? Where were these formative years spent uh, in the uh, in the late nineteen sixties when everybody else yeah. was listening to rock and roll music, and oh, yeah. uh, and all that Vietnam was going on? Where was your it town? Was. It was uh, Cary, North Carolina, and uh, you know back then Cary was a little town. I mean, we moved there in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 66. Bill, Cary High School, was it was a 2A school. <laughs> we only had like 160 people in my graduating class. And, of course, Cary only had five or 6,000 people in the town. It was a, I mean, it was a one-stoplight town. I actually worked for Ashworth Drugstore that was right on the corner, you know, where the stoplight was in, in downtown Cary. So, uh, yeah, small-town atmosphere. Then I went to NC State, spent four years there, uh, lived on campus for one year, and then hooked up with some other fellas, and we got an apartment. And uh, There were three of us racing motorcycles, so we'd, uh, we'd load them up on the trailer and go somewhere to race about every weekend. Yeah, I bet y'all so, were the coolest, coolest guys in town back in, back in 1966 for sure. But, Tom, tell us what a scramble is. Will you describe what that is? Well, this, back in the 60s, motocross hadn't really become prevalent like mm-hmm. it is today. You know, it, it it was really just starting to creep into the, the U.S., mainly on the West Coast. So uh, scrambles were basically kind of an improved track. It was like a graded track, but it had right and left-hand turns and, and, and a jump or two. So it's kind of like a smooth motocross track. And uh, that's really about all the bikes could handle back then. The bikes didn't have a lot of suspension travel. So the, the kind of stuff that you see done on a motocross track now, the, the bikes that I started racing, you'd break one in half if you went over a triple jump or something like that with one of them. Uh, they couldn't do it. But uh, they gradually evolved. Motocross became a bigger and bigger thing, and the tracks got tougher, the bikes got better, and, you know, it evolved where, you know, later in the 70s, the bikes got pretty good. Of course, somewhere in there, you went into uh, working with automobiles, not just driving them or motorcycles, but working with them. Did you ever have, have an allure of uh, using motorcycle racing or even your time in the cars uh, as a living, racing for a living via just working in the automotive? Because you were at uh, Hendrick Automotive for, I guess, 40 years or so. Sure. Well, 25 years with Hendrick. I spent 15 years with Honda, and the way I got with Honda was I worked in a motorcycle shop while I was going to NC State, uh, Honda of Raleigh, and I ended up going to work for Honda Motor Company in their motorcycle division and then moved into the auto division and ended up, uh, ultimately, I, I ran the Atlanta zone, the southeast zone for Honda Motor Company, so that's really how I kind of made the transition to, to automobiles was, was through Honda. And uh, got really interested in, in automobile racing, uh, went to a lot of races. Actually, in the 80s, uh, I bought a race car and started doing some sports car racing in the mid-80s. But, I, you know, I, I had maybe brief dreams of maybe being able to do that for a living. But, you know, racing is a very humbling experience, <laughs> you know. It, you, you think you're getting pretty good. You know, when I was doing cross-country racing, you know, I won several races, and I thought I was pretty hot stuff. And then you go to another region maybe that's a, a bigger region and there's more riders and all of a sudden you find out that you're not quite uh, what you thought you were you know it's uh, it can be a very humbling experience and i think i was realistic about what my uh 
you know, what my potential was. And, uh, you know, I did okay on a, on a local level, but uh, certainly didn't think I had the talent to, oh, to well, go national. Uh, Tom, I have to read this quote in here, uh, and I'm sure uh, you and TJ both will know who said this, but uh, a famous writer once said, there are only three sports, bullfighting, motor racing, and mountaineering. All the rest go. are merely games. <laughs> that was Ernest Hemingway uh, was attributed yep. uh, to that quote. And, Tom, I have been in the room with you. Uh, now you're 70, early 70s or so, but I was in the room with you when a famed racer, you'll have to tell us his name, um, called you out. And he called you out because of your skill on the track. Will you tell that story? Yeah, well, I was doing track days then. I had a Ducati. Uh, I went a long time without a road bike, but I, I finally just fell in love with a beautiful Ducati 916 and had to buy a Ducati, and I started doing track days. And I ended up doing that for 13 years. And I was kind of, my age was a little advanced for that sport. I mean, these are guys, you know, 30-year-old <laughs> guys dragging a knee, and I'm out there in my 60s, you know. <laughs> Uh, playing with him but yeah you're thinking of neil bailey he's a yes. he's a uh, journalist he's a freelance motorcycle journalist and uh i ran into him at the track i met him at the track and we were dicing on the track and i came in and took off my helmet and he realized i was i was considerably his senior and he immediately said how old are you you know <laughs> said you should be playing shuffleboard at your age you know so uh, that was a lot of fun and we got to be really good friends and did a lot of track days together and uh, had a lot of fun on the track but it, it's really you know the sport is uh, it's interesting because the camaraderie is just tremendous you make a lot of good friends and everybody has common interests and uh, it's it's really fun i've made a lot of good friends both in motorcycles and now that I'm doing track days with a car. It's the same type of uh, same type of camaraderie. Well, I'm writing that down because I do have on the question, and for our listeners out there, you'll recognize this man's voice, Tom Blocker, because he's a contributor on WBT when it comes in uh, to the automotive industry and his discussions with Bo Thompson. You'll sometimes hear him as well on Carolina Focus, the community affairs program and here he is on the carolina outdoors as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard early on a saturday morning via the airwaves of wbt but we have a lot of other people who are joining us via podcast welcome aboard everyone as tom blocker kind of kind of lays it all out there and he's going to be at jesse brown's storytellers night thursday september 21st uh six o'clock is the start time come hear your neighbor's adventure three 20-minute stories, including Fast Lane by Tom Blocker. And, Tom, I wanted to jump in and ask you this because camaraderie is one thing. This may be unfair to you, but what else is it do you love about getting on a motorcycle and going fast? Well, it's just, you know, it's it's a thrill. I mean, and, mm. and, and on the, the track is the place to do it. I mean, I ride on the road, and I ride, I'd say, a spirited pace, you know, in the mountains, but, uh, you know, on the track, you don't have those limitations. There's nobody backing out of a driveway. There's no gravel in the road. You know, there's no water running across the road. Everyone's going in the same direction. So it's a much safer place if you want to push the envelope and really ride a bike to its capability. And, you know, uh, Bill, these modern uh, sport bikes are unbelievably fast, and you really can't use 20% 20% of those bikes' capability on the road. Yeah. And uh, 
the track is the only place you can really, really safely ride one uh, to anywhere near its potential. But it's quite thrilling to, you know, sit up at 150 or 60 miles an hour and jump on the brakes and, you know, whoa the thing down for like a 50 mile an hour corner. You know, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, it's it's a it's a big thrill. And you know, same way with a car. I mean, driving a car at its limit. You know, a a, a Porsche. Uh, can't really do what it's capable of doing on the road. The track is the place to really find out how capable it is. Well, and that's why the Ernest, Ernest Hemingway quote is is what it is. He uh, he went on to say, those are three sports, bullfighting, motor racing, and mountaineering. All the rest are merely games because those three sports are life-threatening. And this is going yes. to come up during your uh, your time, I know, at Jesse Brown's. But can you talk to us about that? I, initially, uh, in, in talking to you, I thought about when you were a teenager and safety with your parents allowing you know their teenage son to, to go out and motorcycle race. Can you talk to yes. us about safety or yeah. even bad things that may have happened or you've been around uh, because that's what comes with a thrill many times. Yeah, and and there's there's no question that uh, especially the motorcycles. It's I mean there's some danger there and there's mm-hmm. a risk, but the risk is measured, you know. And I mean I wore uh, the best equipment money could buy. I mean the best leathers, you know, custom fitted leathers with Kevlar armor and all the uh, all the places that you might hit, you know, if you go down and the best helmet money could buy and the best gloves, the best boots, you know, all the best equipment. And that certainly minimizes uh, the the risk of an injury if you do go down. But, uh, you know, certainly there's risk, but I think it's all about uh, developing the skills and kind of reaching your limit uh, at a gradual pace, you know, not getting over your head too quickly, but uh, progressing, you know, kind of methodically, uh, up to a, a, a very quick pace, which I did. I mean, I rode in the in the top class, but I didn't get there immediately. It took me a while to get that. But you know, in in terms of fear, I didn't really have fear because I I felt like I knew what I was doing and I kind of knew where the limits were. But now, what would instill great fear in me, Bill, is I was out at Yosemite when Honold was practicing for his free <laughs> climb, you know, of El Capitan. Now, you wouldn't catch me on the top of that rock for all the money in the world, you know. I mean, to me, that's one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Yeah, and we are going to have a mountaineer at Storytellers Night uh, as well. Um, after you, Tom, Walter Bridgman's going to tell the story Divine Intervention, and he's had a lot of summits. Of course, what you're talking about, Alex Honnold, does not use safety device. He is a true right. free climber. Woo! And you talk about a thrill, but... Uh, Tom Tom Blocker, the voice you hear there. I'm your host, Bill Barty, on the Carolina Outdoors. And Tom, I'm going to pick up what you talked about is developing your skills because um, at this stage you have developed other generations behind you. Many of them you're still riding with, uh, and you can talk a little bit about how they've developed and maybe n- me not saying this, but maybe surpassed you the teacher talk to us about your son chris and your grandson um who now at 15 is having a successful go enjoying his time yeah well i started chris with on a motorcycle when he was about 10 and he progressed and and at about 18 or 19 
uh, I bought a new KTM and gave him my old KTM, and that was when the graphs crossed. That's when he could handle that. You know, when he when I put him on equal equipment, it was uh, it was see you later, pops. Uh, he was he was definitely a little quicker at that point, and it gave me great pleasure to see him develop. And he did a little bit of racing as well. Yes, my, I started my grandson riding when he was four years old. And he progressed up and eventually got a KTM 50 and then a 65. And at about 13, when he got his 85, it was uh, see you later, Papa Tom, man. He was gone. <laughs> I mean, he is absolutely flying on that thing. Now he's racing mountain bikes and actually won the South Carolina State Championship last year wow. on mountain bikes. He's done the mountain bike nationals. Uh, he's uh, he's quite a, a – you know, quite a, a an impressive mountain bike ride. Just did a he and his teammate just won a six hour enduro down at uh, Ann Springs Park last weekend. I wonder uh, how, how I wonder how unusual that is. Of course, here on the Carolina Outdoors, you're talking to people who pleasure ride motorcycles. Blue Ridge Parkway, what a great place to ride. We have a mm-hmm. mountain mountain bike community that's listening to the Carolina Outdoors. To your words, I wonder what the normal crossover is between a motorcycle racer and someone who is uh, competitive on a mountain bike. Yeah. I don't know that there's a lot of that. I think in Ethan's case, uh, he was so accustomed to the, the, the high speed and the pace of a motorcycle in the woods that, you know, he, he doesn't, it, he doesn't get the least bit intimidated on like a fast downhill or something. And that's, you know, probably one of the hairiest things you can do on a mountain bike is a real high speed, gnarly downhill and he's really really fast in those sections because he's used to the speed of the, of the motorcycle ah. but i don't think mm-hmm. a lot of the guys he's competing with or you know have motorcycle experience uh but i think it would help i mean i think some of the skills are transferable but uh, the biggest thing is just the conditioning required yes. to pedal that mountain bike through the woods yeah. it's just pretty unbelievable to me especially you're talking about a six-hour endurance ride that's a that's taking it to a whole nother level as well tom blocker thank you for jumping on with us here on the carolina outdoors we look forward to you being at jesse brown's and sharing the tom blocker story fast lane so we can delve deeper and ask all the all the questions that i didn't get to ask you uh on this program this format we'll have you live and in person at storytellers night over at jesse brown's well i'm looking forward to it bill i appreciate the invitation well we're glad to have you and glad that you took the time jumped on with us we look forward to hearing you on bt on bt Um, as you continue those automotive reports with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman as well. All right. Off we go. But just for a moment, we're going to come back on the other side and continue the Carolina Outdoor Conversation. T.J. Boggs pushing the button. Your host, Bill Barty. We'll be back after this.